Well, we are in a four-week series. This is the beginning of a four-week series, um, basically talking about one of my favorite characters called Joshua. And the reason, um, the reason we're talking about Joshua, uh, first of all, the biggest reason is, as I was praying several weeks ago um, about what the Lord would have me talk about, uh, the Lord settled me on Joshua. Just my, my, my heart just kept going back to that in my, in my spirit. And so I was like, well, maybe I should talk about Joshua. And it's really fitting because Joshua is about uh, leading the people. His story is about leading the people into a new land. Well, gosh, that's what we're doing as a church. Um, we're, we're opening a, a, a ministry center uh, today, dedication ceremony. Uh, today and, and then Tuesday to the community. And so we are by faith going forward in that direction. So it's actually really, really good timing. Maybe that's what, what the Lord was trying to show me as, as you know, I was praying and, and everything. But today I want, us, I want us to focus on the beginning and how all this started with, with um, Joshua. And I want to do the transition between Moses and Joshua and how God gives us second chances. So the title of my message today is called A Second Chance. A Second Chance. We've all been given, probably, we've all been given second chances in our life. Uh, if, if you've done something crazy and you miss out on something or whatever, and then you, you've been given a second chance uh, for that. I, I remember in college, Dating my beautiful wife after dating for about a year, I did something stupid. We broke up for a few months, and I didn't like it. She didn't like it, especially when she started dating other guys, especially guys that I knew, right? And I just want to be like, dude, no, that's my girl, but it wasn't my girl. And I was like, this is crazy. So by the grace of God, I got a second chance, and she accepted me in. And since then, I've gotten third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and on and on down the line, right? Amen, men, right? We all get second chances. Um, so if you've ever had a second chance, maybe you've been given a second chance on maybe after a certain health scare in your life. Maybe you've been given a second chance on, like I just described, someone you love. Or maybe you've given a second chance to join back with a team, a, a certain sports team, after maybe letting them down or kind of walking off the field. If this fits within the story of your life, then you will relate with Joshua and the nation of Israel on many, many different levels. They were given a second chance to enter into the promised land. So as you recall, Moses sent 12 men to spy out the new land. They came back with huge grapes and, and natural produce from the land, but they also came back with reports of giants and fortified cities. They looked to themselves rather than God for help. So that's, that's a mistake, number one. They looked to themselves instead of God for help. The result of that was 40 years of wandering in the desert for that generation of Israelites to die off. They missed their opportunity. They missed their opportunity. You may have missed an opportunity in the past. Maybe you're living some, with some regret, but by the grace of God, we are often given second chances. 
The Israelites are given a second chance to enter into the promised land, but it will have to be without Moses. Now, I'm going to be in Joshua, obviously, but before I get into Joshua, I'm going to be a little bit in Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy chapter 31, chapter 31, verses 1 through 3. We're going to start right there at the beginning. We're going to kind of, kind of see how this sets up with Joshua. So Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 3, it says this, And Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. Man, 120 years old, I'm not able to walk down the stairs. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. So this is after the 40 years of wandering in the desert and that generation that die off. And there's only two of the original 12 spies that are left, Joshua and Caleb. Because those guys, when they were young, they were like, hey, yeah, let Giants? Who cares? God, he's part of the Red Sea. He drowned the entire Egyptian, uh, Egyptian army. I think God could take care of this. And the other 10 spies are like, oh, I don't know. You know, maybe we should wait. And, and they waited for 40 years. So this is after 40 years. And then Moses is saying this. Skip down to verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. Now, I'm going to just stop right there. Some of you need to hear these words. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about these words quite a bit today, but some of you need to hear these words, whether you're listening online, watching online, or here in the service today. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because of them. What's them? What's the them in your life? What's, what's the people? What's the circumstance? What's the situation? For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel. So in front of everyone, he says this, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Moses shares this word from the Lord to Joshua. He's passing down this message. Don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. He's sharing this to, to, to Joshua, and then he goes before all of Israel. That's a lot of people, probably on some mountaintop. And maybe he's sharing this, and, and as he's sharing it, mean, it's, it's probably a few million people at this point, and, and other people and the elders are sharing this, and, and on down and on down as he's speaking. Be strong. Be courageous. That's the main thing that Moses wanted to share with the people, that God wanted to share with the people through Moses. So he shares it with Joshua. Then he gets in front of everyone, and he tells Joshua to his face, Joshua, don't be afraid. The Lord's with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. These are the last known words that Moses spoke to Joshua and Israel before he died. As told in Deuteronomy uh, verse, uh, chapter 34, if you, if you 
Chapter's over, five and six. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite of Beth Peor, but to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Now, at this point comes Joshua's moment to lead God's people into the promised land. He had been waiting for this day for 40 years. I can only imagine the thoughts that went into his mind as he's wandering in the desert. He's like, if we only would have just listened to me and Caleb, we would be there. It wasn't his fault that they were wondering. So Israel finally gets a second chance to obey God and enter into the promised land. So here's why we're looking at this today. What can we learn from how they experience a second chance? What can we learn with how they experience a second chance? So if you have an opportunity for a second chance, and this, I mean, this message is so relevant to every generation. Every person is going to experience a second chance. So what can we learn from how the Israelites experience this second chance? Number one, God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Look at Joshua 1. We're finally in Joshua. Joshua 1, 1 through 3. Joshua 1, 1 through 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, a Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. What we see here is that God keeps his promises. He is true to his word. He doesn't have a plan B. <laughs> God doesn't have a plan B. Not that he's not in a prepared. He has a plan A, and he's going to do plan A. Now, we, we might think, oh, there's another way. God's like, mm, no, no. Just wander in the desert. Go ahead and wander, because eventually we're going to get back to, to my plan A. We're going to get back to my plan A. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt like, oh, I, don't, I just don't know. Lord, I, and then you kind of wander, kind of wander aimlessly. It's like just no purpose in your life. It's like you're, you're just bouncing off the walls. Oh, I've been there. I've been there. I definitely know what that feels like. And maybe you as well. If you're lucky to miss out on following God's plan A, then you can be sure that he still has that plan in mind for your life. For example, maybe God's plan was for you to go to college, but maybe you got pregnant and had to drop out. God's plan is still there for you. There are people that I know, people in our church, who have planned to go to school and, whoops, <laughs> and guess what? They... They have finished their degree, you know, and God is with them. Maybe God's plan was for you to bless others by giving generously, but maybe you got caught up in, in buying a bunch of stuff for, for yourself, and it's so easy to do that you miss out on God's plan A for your life. This, that could still be God's plan for your life. 
for your second chance to be a generous person, to live with generosity in your life, to think of others rather than yourself. God keeps his promises. He promised that his plan A is going to happen. Second thing we see is God will not leave you alone. God will not leave you alone. Look at verse five and six there in Joshua one. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with, now this is the Lord speaking through Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Now I wanna make sure you understand something about God's word. God's word is alive and active. Okay, it's alive and active, even now. This isn't just a book from dead people for dead people. This is a book from a living God inspired by the Lord, written by dead people, handwritten, you know, by dead people, obviously. But it isn't just for the dead people in this Bible. It's for us as well. So when you come across verses like this, Know that this is also for you. When he says something like this, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. And when he says something like this, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. As God was with Moses, he is with us. So think about it. All the experiences that Moses was a part of, the burning bush, the plagues of Egypt, the Passover, the, the parting of the Red Sea, I mean, water gushing from rocks. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, I mean, the Ten Commandments, <laughs> it's amazing how the Lord was with Moses. And God said this, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Yeah, he's talking to the Israelites, but God's word is active. And guess what? He's also talking to you. He's also talking to me. As God was with Moses, that God is going to be with you. Well, I've never seen my burning bush. Maybe you're not looking for it. Maybe you're distracted. That may not be an actual burning bush. Maybe some sort of way that God is speaking. God speaks in lots of different ways. In the Bible, he made a donkey talk, okay? But God will speak through his word, through prayer, circumstances, through other people. I hope that God is speaking to you through today's message. But just know this. God wants to be with you. He is with you. But God wants you to understand that he is not forsaking you. It doesn't matter what you've done. As God was with Moses, God wants to be with you. So we see that he will never leave you. It could be intimidating and downright fearful to start walking towards second chances. For example, repairing a broken marriage because of, of a bad situation, is a tough second chance road. But God will never leave you during that time. 
Students, going to your parents with the truth. It's a tough second chance road. But God is there walking with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's telling you to be strong and to be bold with your second chance. You don't have to face your second chances alone. So we're learning. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Number two, God will never leave you alone. He's with you. He will never forsake you. The third thing we see, God wants you to succeed. God wants you to succeed. Look what it says in verse seven and eight. We're still in Joshua chapter one, verses seven and eight. Be strong and very courageous. So not just courageous, but very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Successful. And those two verses written twice. Ooh, God wants us to be successful. I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to be successful. Uh, God, God wants us to be successful. God wants us to have a life that is abundant. And God wants us to live a life of contentment in his glory, in his grace, in his riches, in all the things he's given to us. I'm not, I'm not preaching any, any, kind of, any kind of gospel that is about, you know, you know getting more money and, and, and prosperity gospel. We, we don't teach that. We don't preach that. But there's a big difference between that false teaching and, and being successful within God's plan of your life. We just heard the story a few minutes ago of Sebastian Noble. God's put in, in his head and his heart a vision, a dream, and he wants Sebastian to be successful. And already he's been successful, and I think he's going to be even more successful. As he, doesn't, as he walks down the road without looking for the, to the right or to the left, keeping the word of God, meditating on it all the days of his life, God wants you to succeed. God is not wanting to catch you messing up. God is not there to catch you to mess up. Oh, let's see if he can do this. I don't know. Second chance. Hmm. He failed the first time. I don't think that's God's posture whenever the Israelites came into the, the promised land the second time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Jesus. What do you think? Holy Spirit, what do you think? You think they got it in within them? You think they, can, you think they could do this? Because last time, it didn't work out. You know? Of course, an all-knowing God, he, he knows that, that it's, you know, they're going to be successful. But he's there rooting them on just like the first time. He's there rooting them on. Come on. You could do this. Be strong. Be courageous. Yes. If anybody can do it, you can do this. You can do it. As you get back on your feet after failing to follow him 
the first time. God is there applauding your every step toward your second chance. He even gives you the plan. His plan for the Israelite success wasn't to be skilled soldiers. The message that we just read there in those verses, God was like, all right, when you get there, here's what I need you to do. I, I, we, need you to, we need you to plan this army. We need you to, you know, uh, have this military might. We need you to, to uh, you know, sharpen your swords. We need to make swords. We, we need you to have a battle plan, all of this stuff. We, I need you to do No, he didn't say anything about that. He said, follow my word. Don't look to the right or to the left. Follow my word. Follow me. Obey my word. And you're going to get where you're supposed to go. And, and the word was this. <clears throat> I've given you the land. Take it. They didn't follow that the last time. And so we... We need to follow God's word. Now, obviously, we've got more of God's word than they did. <laughs> Just follow the word of the Lord. That's the plan. That's the plan for a successful life. Follow the Lord in his word, spending time with him. And guess what? You're going to know where to go. You're going to know where to go. So, God, God will be with you. As we learned the first thing, God keeps his promises. God will never leave you alone. He wants you to be successful. And the fourth thing and the last thing is this. God calms your fears. God calms your fears. Verse 9 reminds us yet again of something very important. Joshua 1, 9. Very popular verse. Have I not commanded you? Question mark. Have I not commanded you? So this isn't just a cheerful word. This is a command. A command like the big 10 commandments be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the lord your god will be with you wherever you go be strong courageous he is there to calm your fears as you get back on to your second chance notice in this whole section of passages and there's even more where he talks about be strong and courageous. He wants you to know that there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. When I tell you to be courageous, to be strong, you have nothing to fear. And, and there are some things that God will call you oftentimes to do something is like, oh, I don't know about that. Can we do that? When God makes something very clear, then we got to do that. Tell the story in the past of 
love, love how God has spoken to our church. As we're praying and seeking the Lord, Lord, what's, what's a future location for Lake Point Church? That 20 acres off 4th Street wasn't for sale. And after a 21-day fast, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you need to call that family about the land. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know them. They don't live around here. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm there with you. So I call. Just so happened that all three siblings, they don't live anywhere near one another. They live on the far corners of Georgia, spread out. They all happen to be at the same house of the house that I called. And they just so happened to be sitting at the dining room table. And as soon as I called, Right before then, they, des- they had decided as a family that they, was gonna, they were going to put that land up for sale. I don't care who you talk to, that's not coincidence. <laughs> that's of the Lord. And it was the Lord's leading of us, hey, there's a land, take it. So we did by the grace of God, and we still are. And we had offices, thank the Lord, with the Bartow Baptist Association in Cartersville. Had it for quite a few years. Had it um, free office space, about uh, 1,200 square feet. And lo and behold, they sold the building. And um, we didn't have any office space. Um, So we prayed. And I remember just on my knees for two days, just praying, Lord, what, what do you want us to do? There, there's something here. And I was looking for houses. I mean, I was doing like the, the spies were doing. I was thinking of, of my, what I could do, Frank Bennett. And that, the problem is I get in the way of God all the time. You ever felt like you get in the way of God? Okay, yeah, get in the way of God. It's like you step in and you're just like, God, I think I can handle this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking around, looking at houses. I'm calling friends. Some of y'all in this room I called and said, hey, this house here, who owns it? Maybe we can make it into an office or, you know, whatever. Make it, maybe this business, you know, is going to leave or, you know, or something. Maybe I'll tell that place is haunted, you know, and, and I'll, you know, we'll just come in, you know, whatever. I was ready to just do whatever it takes because we needed something. And I was looking all over the place. I never, never, never thought about putting something on our land. It wasn't in my mind. I was thinking small. I was thinking little sharing space with somebody else. That's what I was thinking. But God's like, would you just stop, Frank? Just stop. I want you to put something on the land. In fact, here's a phone call. Got a phone call. And got a phone call through, uh, through David Franklin, our Bartow Baptist Association minister. He's going to be there tonight saying a prayer of dedication. Because North Cobb Christian called him and said, hey, do you, need, you know anybody who needs, who needs a building? And two days later, he told me that he sold his building. He's like, uh, yeah, I do know somebody. And God gave us a building. It was very obvious. And so by faith, 
We did that. I'm going to be honest with you. I've lost a lot of sleep over that. Not because it wasn't of the Lord. Because it's big. I felt like Joshua looking at those big, tall walls of Jericho going, "Mm, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I look at that building. It's beautiful. It's great. But it comes with more expenses. But it also comes with more ministry opportunities. And it gives us a a footprint in the town that we're ministering. And not only in the town, but on the land that God pushed us to take. Lord, this is a big giant. There's giants in this land. Yes, there are. But you got to stop looking to yourself and look to me. And so... God is there to calm your fears. And I have lost a lot of sleep over the past few months, probably the past year, over doing what God is telling us to do, trusting in him, and But every time, God was there to calm my fears. When I listened, is there something that God has called you to? And I'm not talking about some sort of big, you know, thing in your life where you feel purpose. It could be that. But it could be something like, you know, maybe there's some people you need to go to to offer forgiveness or to ask for forgiveness. Or there could be just something lingering in your life. And God's like, I've been asking you to do this. I know you're afraid, but be strong. Be courageous. I'm with you. Be strong. Be courageous. I am with you. So now that you've been encouraged, it's time for you It's time for you to prepare for your second chance. So how do you prepare for your second chance? We see this in verse 10, right there after that verse uh, nine. So Joshua, nine, uh, this is 10 and 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. Here's what I learned from the Lord. The Lord often will tell us, often, many, many times, he will, he will say, wait, 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 just wait. Whew, we waited a long time. Those three buildings, it, it looks like one building, but it was three buildings. We're stuck there on the lower part of the land. I can't tell you the many times I went to those buildings with a pouring down rain with my boys and ladders and stapling up black plastic on those buildings because part of it had blown away. Waiting, wait, just wait, just wait. But when it comes time for God to move, it's gonna happen fast. When God says move, it's gonna happen fast. 
That's almost all the time. Wait, he builds patience, he builds trust, he builds perseverance, and then boom, get ready, we're off. Joshua, hey, three days. A couple of million people. Three days, get ready, we're going. We're going. As soon as we got the, the general contractor, can't wait for you to meet him, and the company, great Christian man, who's building my faith. Every time he sees me, he calls me Pastor Frank, and he, and he shares a scripture of what God has shown him. Godly man. He's a guy that God sent us. And man, it happened fast. He's like, hey, we're not, we're not slowing up. He's kind of the Joshua in our life, in our church. He's like, no, we're, we're moving on. Let's go on. In fact, he's like, now this is done. Let's talk about first phase building. So we're talking about first, first phase building. I can't wait to share with you what we've been talking about. But God will often say, all right, it's time to move. You need to prepare. Get your provisions ready. Put your plan together and get ready for your second chance. But for goodness sake, don't approach it the same way as last time. (laughs) Don't approach it the same way as last time. Do it differently, because last time, your first chance didn't go so well. When you walk towards your second chance, God reminds us to have a new approach. We see this in Joshua 2, 1, next chapter. Joshua 2, verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. He looked over the land. He said, um, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. You talking about changes, man. The first time, Moses sent to go, hey, let's see what this land produces. Let's see what it's about for us. Ooh, look at these grapes. Look at the produce. Look at all of this stuff. Man, there's so much great stuff here. Oh, but there's giants in the land. I don't know. Joshua's like, hey, forget about the grapes. Forget about the the, the cattle. Forget about the land. I want Jericho. I want Jericho. He didn't go to multiple cities. He focused on one, Jericho, the first city. Focused on one. And then then he teamed with with the prostitute. You know, nobody would have guessed it. And she actually plays a very important role in the genealogy of of Christ. So, you have this second chance, and it's done differently. God may have you do something that's a little bit different a little bit unorthodox. He may call you to do something. I mean, he's not going to call you to, to sin. I mean, they stayed with prostitute, but they didn't sleep with the prostitute. That prostitute helped them. She became a spy. And God will often say, hey, when you do this, do this a different way. Do this a different way. And so be open to what God 
is calling you to do. Don't waste time with the opinions of others. That's the problem that happened with the first time. That's, that's how they, they miss out on their first chance. They, they focus on the opinions of others. When you are ready to dive in and take Jericho, don't vote. <laughs> don't take a vote. <laughs> right? Just go. Go get it. And I'm not saying as, as, as a church, we, we, you know, we vote. We vote some, on some things. Obviously, we voted for the land, okay? And, and, and you know, we vote on things. I mean, we don't vote a lot, but the, the important things, but especially stuff like that. But we spend time praying about it. But when God has called you to something, listen to the Lord. Don't just rely on the opinions of others, especially others who don't walk with Christ. And then be specific about what you're doing and where you're going. Be specific about what you're doing and where you're going. So Joshua focused on one city, Jericho. We're going that city right there. Imagine if Moses would have done that. Don't, don't look at the other cities. Don't spend a whole lot of time. I mean, they spent, they spent a lot of time the original 12 spies, they spent a lot of time looking around, looking at everything that's good. And then in the meantime, they saw big people. They, see, they saw fortified cities, cities, plural. Joshua's like, well, no, we're not doing that. I'm sending two people, and peop- Israelites don't even know about it. I'm secretly sending two people. We're not going to take a vote, and it's not to try to get their opinion. God's already given his his opinion, and his decree, go take the land. And so all we have to do is go in and take it. And so we are going to obey the Lord. We're not going to cast votes. We're not going to get opinions. You guys go scout out this one city, and let's make a plan. Follow the Lord. When God is calling you to do something, church, you need to focus on that one thing. What is that one thing? What is that first step? Say, if you need to get your health back in shape, what is the first step? Okay, just the one city. The one city with all the walls around it. You wanna get your finances back in shape. What is the one, what is the first step? What is the first step? Get your marriage in shape. What, What does that look like? Don't look at all the cities. Don't look at all the big problems, the issues. Don't look at it. Just look at one thing. Just start with one thing, one city, one fortified city. So in this story, which I love, 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 love this story. I can't wait till next week. Next week's going to be. I'm very excited about next week. But just know this. In the story we see, and as I close, in your second chance, on your way to your second chance, God's going to remind you. If you listen to him, God's going to keep his promise. God is going to keep his promise. God will not leave you alone. He's not going to leave you alone. As we 
opened this incredible ministry center. We're not alone. We have, you know, we have 50 people outside of our church who are coming to the ribbon cutting. 50 people. They don't even belong to our church. Why? They're excited about it. They're excited about it. They're there cheering us on. That's huge. You're not alone. Lake Point Church, you're not alone. That'd be great if those 50 people tied. Help us pay for the thing. Who knows? Maybe they will. We'll set out a bucket. Maybe get Logan to play a guitar in front of the, you know. He will never leave you alone. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to succeed. He wants you to be successful. When you see tonight's building, you're going to realize, wow, God made this successful. He made this successful. And God will calm your fears. He will. He will calm your fears as you just move forward. Take one city at a time. One city at a time. Would you bow your head and close your eyes as I close out this service? You know, one big giant that could be standing in the way could be the giant of faith. And I, I know I've got people who are listening and watching, and, and many of those people watch later or listen later. And I, I know this because there are, there are some friends of mine that I'm, I'm counseling with and I'm, I'm just talking to. And Maybe you haven't crossed the line of faith to believe in Jesus because you're really just kind of afraid. Well, let me remind you of something. <laughs> if there wasn't fear, there would be no need for faith. If fear wasn't involved, then there wouldn't be faith. That's what faith is. Faith is moving forward in the presence of fear. So even though you could be afraid to cross that line of faith, what others may say, your, your, your questions, your, you know, w w your own um, insecurities of, of who God is and what the Bible says, you need to put all those aside. Just cross the line. And you do that by simply asking Jesus to be Lord of your, Lord of your life. You just confess your sins. You say a prayer like this, Jesus, I, I believe you're God's son. Please forgive me my sin. Please come into my life. Come into my heart. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to follow you. And maybe there are those here today or watching online, you're listening, and you, you're afraid to go back into that second chance, or maybe there's a first chance. You're like, ah, I just don't know. And, but you do know that God has made it clear. I want to encourage you. Read this story in Joshua. Stay close to God's word. God's word. Don't veer to the right or to the left. 
Stay in fellowship with the church. Let the church help you to encourage you and to move forward. To move forward. Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you for the awesome opportunity we have to give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And as you were with Moses, so be with us. Let us be strong. Let us be courageous. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.